some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. I expected this cathedral to be bustling, but there's hardly a soul to be found here. Without any goings-on, I'll have to move soon. To a place I could gull the... Sorry. Help the gullible by teaching the good word. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Mike Theolobos. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week we are talking about Hades Tower of Flame and the Blue Cathedral. And as you heard, we are joined by uh, uh, the indefatigable uh, Lobos Jr. from YouTube, uh, known for his, uh, let's let's say, feats of daring do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that yeah, word, indef- yeah. indefatigable. Indefatigable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary likes to joke that I have a calendar, but I just know words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the... Uh, the the it, it is like Greek myths, the things that uh, Lobos has done. I, I've recommended it before on the show, so hopefully uh, people who are listening are familiar. Um, and also, uh, you know, no uh, no slouch at speedrunning either. So I, I dabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Good work with that, though. What would you say are some of your uh, craziest runs that you've done? Uh, some of the, the more uh, famed ones are No Heal, No Bonfire, and Dark Souls One, which was. Uh, I, I think it was a feat. Uh, it was fun <laughs> doing as well. Um, one of my personal favorites that was kind of quirky was uh, doing the entire all of Dark Souls one while like in the uh, in the bow aim mode. So while aiming, so you you can actually move and <laughs> roll around in that mode. Very disorienting, but I, it was a unique sort of fun for me. It's turning like, Dark Souls into a first person shooter. It's like that one mod that makes everybody sick. Yes, <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> One of the things that impressed me was um, the one that you did where it was the clear Lordran run, because yes. it never occurred to me you could do that. But it's I, totally true. Like, did you ever see that, Cole? No. Or, go ahead and explain it, Mike. Well, so I never actually finished it. Dark Souls 2 came out before I, I managed to, but I got about 90% of the way through the game. Basically, I played all the way through the game up until the kiln, um, uh, the kiln of the first flame, and... I attempted to start from Firelink and go through all of the areas, clearing all of the enemies without ever touching a bonfire, um, essentially ridding uh, Lordran of of enemy life. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, there were some mechanics in the game that caused them to respawn. For example, like area transitions, or if you just went far enough away uh, that mm. sometimes the enemies would respawn. So I, I would track off the, the areas as I cleared them out and say, okay, Undeadberg, complete, and the premier <laughs> area. Yeah. Um, it was a fun run. Hmm. Yeah, the, the idea of like just there just being all of Lordran with you at one end and Gwyn at the other <laughs> right. is really appealing to me. <laughs> like, this, now it's me and you. So sure, yeah. it's like it's like some kind of uh, some kind of like samurai movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, uh, and, and and definitely like people who who watch the channel have known that uh, Lobos has hit the ground running uh, with Dark Souls two stuff too. So that has been very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so uh previously we felled the the last giant and turned our eyes to the other area that that you could have gone to from the beginning, <laughs> the one with the other giant things and that may or may not be an Orlando. <laughs> I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't think it is. Yeah. 
that's just that's just my take, and we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, a little bit. Sure. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you get here by going uh, back past the uh, you know the uh, um, pit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh yeah there's a there's a little tunnel uh past the uh past the way of the champions or whatever and uh, you go into one of those famed uh sewer systems with the locks and keys and tunnels and whatnot and a large number of people have said that they got stuck here because they couldn't see that little lever the pole <laughs> string i know one who definitely absolutely did not know where to go and it was simply because of yes that pole string was <laughs> so hidden against the wall yeah i it's something I've heard that is a little bit better with the better resolution on the PC mm. version. Um, is that it's a little bit easier to see some of those details. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, which would be which would be useful. Yeah, sure. I think that'll um, be I, coming out right around the time uh, right, right right around the time of this episode. Actually, yeah, yeah Tuesday. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I do not have it. Uh, I would, I have not double dipped on it just yet, right. but <laughs> planning to at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely win here first. I mentioned that in the last episode. And kind of banged my head against these uh, these giants for quite a while um, before I actually found the way to the the forest of all and giants. Um, but it, it is, and it's also I think it's one of the first areas that's mentioned by um, the crestfallen fella um, uh, when he's kind of going through the different hub spokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, so you so you end up here and you kind of leave the sewer system, walk up these stairs, and you're greeted, greeted by this kind of gorgeous view. Yeah, it yeah. is. I'm, it might be my favorite view in either game, honestly. <laughs> like, just uh, good. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's a great reveal when you are in this, you know, damp, dark sewer, and then you just suddenly pop out, and it's kind of, like, sunset-y, and the water, like, you know, the water's much more beautiful than Dark Souls 1, like, <laughs> in my opinion, at least. And you're <laughs> yeah. just like, whoa, this is... And and you get that Anerlondo vibe, of course, because the, the, the architecture is all very similar. <laughs> but, yeah, that was one of the one of my favorite areas in the game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the quality of the lights and just uh, kind of the sound of this area is yeah. really great too. And just, you know, I, I, I have professed my love for, for, for rocky, uh, like wind strewn beaches and ruins <laughs> and such. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this, the, this again was like a heat. It was like a coal seeking missile right to my like mm. visual cortex. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, and just as you look kind of like to the left and see stuff that's kind of more intact and then over to the right as things kind of become more disjointed and more kind of claimed by the sea. Um, and then just kind of like this really spooky site of what appears to be like the remnants of walkways that are kind of being held up on these pedestals, like sticking mm. right out of the ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, countless countless people died here. Yeah, the, because some kind um, of some sort of horrible cataclysm. Yeah, the the um, one of the things that supported something I've said um, since we've been talking about Dark Souls Two is that Dark Souls Two, unlike areas a lot of areas in Dark Souls One, like is really pretty at so many points. Like you, mm-hmm. this is I came here right after Majula, and I was like, is every area a sunny paradise? <laughs> <laughs> like, is every area in the Souls game somewhere I want to actually be? Sure. Uh, you know, it just it's so it, yeah, it's so gorgeous, yeah. and the, it's interesting too. Like taking a look at all the stuff here because it's you know it's been kind of claimed by the sea that the NPCs mentioned that, and then we'll later find that out from item descriptions and stuff too. But there's also evidence of other kinds of destruction here too and it's it's interesting to see this just kind of ruined place like the you know whether it was kind of weakened and fell into the sea or it was just had known a lot of battle um, before that happened or exactly what happened is, mm-hmm. is still kind of a little bit of a mystery other than the fact that the water took it back yeah mm-hmm. 
And uh, space isn't quite as spacey-wacy here as it will get in later, you know, areas, because you can actually look back and see the uh, the, the memorial tower uh, in Majula um, along mm-hmm. here, and the coast kind of has the same character as, like, mm-hmm. when you look uh, when you look south on the, or sorry, north, um, depending on what you think, when you, when you look in the direction of Hade, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it kind of has right. the same tooth-like uh, protrusion sticking out of it. So you're still very much, you know, um, proximate to this, although not as close as you would be if you, you know, had traveled those hundred feet in that sewers. You're more than a hundred feet away, but yeah. Yeah. Um, in particular, uh, the, the kind of the reveal into um, Hades Tower Flame area is there's a couple spots in Dark Souls games that, in my experience at least, I, I get to and you kind of stop and then take in the view and you're like, oh, cool. Like, for example, in Dark Souls 1, right after you beat Taurus Demon and then you you meet Solaire and then there's kind of a balcony and everybody's putting down messages like gorgeous view ahead and stuff like that. And it's kind of a similar area for me that I just kind of stepped out. They give you definitely enough breathing room before your first enemy so you can kind of take it all in and appreciate uh, how crafted the area is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is one of my one of my favorite vistas in either game for sure. It's a little bit demon soulsy. It's kind of like three two when you step out and see the towers there too, because mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oh you're you're in Latria and you're inside the tower, but like really this is the tower of Latria as you know just the same as when you step out of that sewer, you are looking at the the tower of flame and Hade. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the giant lighthouse, which like surprisingly is not necessarily the central thing. Like you're you're heading there, but it's not. You know, when I heard read the name of it, I was expecting to like go up a series of floors and, mm-hmm. and have this be an indoor right. area as opposed to a town or you know a city right. kingdom. Yeah. Um, you do, and I also missed this first bonfire, which was also making <laughs> yes. it difficult for me. Um, and I, I missed the first one in uh, the Forest Fallen Giants too. Like I, for somebody who tries to be, you know, observant, uh, I definitely you know did this run up a bunch of times for mm-hmm. for no real good reason. Um, and there, there's kind of a real limited number of enemies here. Um, you know, just the, the two kind of regular enemies, the, these giants, which are super reminiscent of the Anne Orlando giants, yeah. mm-hmm. um, kind of right off the back, which I, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, kind of no matter what side of the, is this, uh, Lordran or not debate you fall on. I don't think anyone thinks that's a coincidence. Yeah. Sure. You know, they kind of remind me of a mix of the Anne Orlando, um, giants, the Sentinels, but also mixed with like the stone armor giants from the, uh, the forest. Oh yeah. Um, yep. The kind of mossy, kind of old, degraded armor. But it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's kind of cool about them, and it'll kind of tie into the next area we're going to talk about today, is, and uh, I, I didn't really notice this until I was brushing up for the show, um, is that they drop the uh, the blue eye orbs. Yeah. Right. Um, like at a which, crazy high rate, like more yeah. than any other thing they drop. Yeah. Which so, so you know just kind of lore wanking like. You know, I wonder if they are here because they are associated with the, uh, you know, the the guard, the cathedral, the blue cathedral, right. sure. you know, or some kind of trial for it or um, or agents of it in some way. Yeah. The the, the, the trial hypothesis is one that uh, is is very much uh, at the forefront right now um, mm-hmm. among you know, people, a people writing into the show and be just in general. As, mm. as what I'm seeing. And, you know, they are the enemy in this area. You've got the ones with the mace, you've got the ones with the sword and shield, then you got the greatsword ones, and then you just face them in various configurations um, and on, you know, different kinds of footing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that footing, oh my gosh, that, that the mosaic work, 
like the, oh, mo- yeah. the mosaic work and the uh and the stained uh the stained glass uh kind of uh fixtures that are yeah. hanging up there this is just just architecture pornography is what it is <laughs> yeah. yeah the um so like the kind of the main i think kind of gameplay uh conceit for this area are the the levers that kind of pop up and change the way that you face the boss of the area right. either right. boss um so I, the um, if you killing certain people, kind of it seems randomly uh, makes these levers kind of pop up from the ground. I'm a little bit bummed um, out by that, actually. It's a little. It's real. It's real gamey. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. At the very least, later when that pops up again, where you have to kill somebody to activate something, it's it's soul activated, and so right. there's yeah. a little bit. Of, there's a you know it's gamey, but in a way that feels just like a little bit justified. Sure. Um, and that something needs to power this device, but uh, but yeah, I remember just playing through this. I remember it was two two fucking days ago. Um, I was playing through this uh, on a stream, and I was very unsuccessful at it. Um, but uh, getting stuck trying to just do a run to the old dragon slayer, and people in the chat were like, "No, no, you have to kill them." I was like, "Why would I have to kill them? This isn't a video game." Like, yeah, it's totally <laughs> totally a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a bummer that that's the case, but so it goes. Yeah, and and I was you know murdering them anyway because you know I oh like when I play I've mentioned this before but like the first time I go through one of these games I I you know kill everything and and check everything out and then eventually it's like well I know what I want to engage and what you know and what's worth it and what's not and then I just try to right. run past things. Sure. So you know mm-hmm. it moves towards you know some like speedrunny type things without ever actually you know <laughs> speedrunning you know because I'm not good enough at bosses. Yeah. Right. The, um, <laughs> so. Yeah. trying sometimes but the uh yeah so the that's i mean there's not this is it's kind of going to be for for us especially in comparison to the last episode probably a little bit of a shorter episode mm-hmm. just because this area is pretty short um one of the interesting things that happens is when you get up to that first landing and you fight the first uh, mace one is they drop the first uh, sublime do- bone dust yeah. in the game um which is an interesting interesting lore item i mean it's probably the most explicit connection to the chosen undead you're going to have you know, because mm. it does. I mean, the description does just straight up say this is the remains of somebody who made a great sacrifice to keep the flame going. Mm. You know, and you know, I, I'm going to point out when it shows up in different areas because that might be some kind of breadcrumb trail. Although they could just be, you know, putting it around to upgrade your flask at opportune points. So right, I don't right. know if that's going to be significant or not. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had no idea why this guy's carrying it. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> like, you know, he's he's just making his way to the bonfire, and mm-hmm. uh, and you're gonna kill him on his way. <laughs> he's just gonna do a solid. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, not the case. Mm-hmm. I think the probably like the single hardest thing for me the first time through was the giant room with the three of them who yeah. chain pull. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've actually, well, at least early game, completely cleared that room. Like. <laughs> The first time, my first playthrough, I, I think I went there first before Force of the Fallen Giants, and uh, the early game, those three fighting two at once is pretty rough. You mess up once, then great sword guy will take you know ninety percent of your health, and then you got to find an opening to heal, and you're trying mm-hmm. to damage them too. And uh, at, at a certain point, I was like, well, I'm just going to rush that fog gate I see over there. Um, and then I had, you know, a, 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 as we'll, I'm sure we'll get to later, a half risen platform for the dragon, the uh, dragon rider. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of very cool. Yeah. 
What um when you're first time through the game, uh, was that the one that you streamed, Mike? That you did the strength? Yes. That was, oh. Yeah. It's always interesting when we get people on the show to kind of learn the first kind of guy they made, the first character they uh-huh. went with. Yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, I, I I always carry a big sword and usually a, a large shield to go with it, and just kind of not necessarily tank like. I don't usually wear armor. <laughs> At least <laughs> since ever since I speedrun Dark Souls One, it's gonna change how I play the game. But just basically a big heavy weapon, big shield, and then absolutely no armor, so I can still roll and move around quickly. Just maximizing both your offensive and defensive vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little confused. Which area are we talking about? Are we talking about that first one that kind of looks directly down onto the uh, onto the boss arena, or are we talking the uh, the big circular uh, place with the three? The big circular place with the three, yeah, is what I was talking about—the dome, like the indoor yeah, structure. Yeah, yeah. We have right. a we we have a listener uh, mail that is pertinent to this, and I'm putting it here just because it raises a point that I wasn't aware of, or I wasn't directly aware of. But uh, Zen Bear writes in via the contact to say the old knights are there to challenge you, not just kill you. Uh, when you enter the circular room with the two shield knights and one greatsword knight, the two shield knights will block off the exits while you duel the while you duel the duel the greatsword one. Though they will step in if you knock a health down low enough so finish it quickly uh when they do move in run to one of the other doors they were blocking and the one not defending that door will return to its post to leave you to fight the other alone a similar thing happens with the next great sword slash shield pair on the way to the old dragon slayer so mm-hmm. i noticed this like if you crossbow the one that's in the center of the of uh, the rotunda there it mm-hmm. will it will come out and uh like you know you'll fight him but as soon as he's dead the other two will come after you almost unbidden right. you would think if if they all aggroed in the same way or if that their ai i uh, you know ai was the same they would all you know gang up on you at once but there you know there's obviously something more complicated going on here sure I, I've I've had a, I feel like I've had a different experience with that at least with distance weapons. Like I've never gone up to him and tried to duel him, and I I'm going to try it now because that mm-hmm. sounds cool. Mm-hmm. But the times I've thrown something at him, um, they've come out. Mm-hmm. Like if I from the bridge, if I throw something at the main the the middle one, the three of them have come out and chased me out. Huh. So maybe it's because I'm not engaging them in the arena. If this is actually you know a true thing, but that's definitely you know that has been my experience every time I've tried to to bait out one of them. I baited out all of them. Yeah. Interesting. I, I definitely have always seen the one come out by himself, and then once you kill him, then the two come at you. Mm. Um, and there's definitely... A, I really like the new mechanic that they have, uh, as much as it kind of pains speedrunners. Um, but <laughs> the idea that they have um, kind of a guardian stance for some enemies, they just tag them as a guardian, and they'll just hold their ground unless you get really close and kind of, uh, you know, threaten whatever they're, they're surrounding Mm-hmm. Is that a problem for speedrunners because of choke points? Like they always put them right in a place where it's inconvenient for you to uh, run past? Uh, the, the the most notorious one is actually in the crypt uh, right before Felstat. There's two yeah. um, of those armored guys that just kind of sit there. And so mm-hmm. if you try to run for the fog gate, you know, they're just going to turn around and poke you. So dealing with those guys is really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, you get, it's harder to beat them. Like anything yeah. that changes their behavior um, is, is tricky. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I will have to uh, have to do some experimenting with that. You know, it, it's also possible that, you know, the angle I was at, maybe they saw me, and it still kind of fits into that dueling theory if, you know, because I was being dishonorable by throwing knives from across the bridge, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're just like, well, you know, this guy's not worthy. I'll <laughs> yeah, never join the Blue Sentinels. Um, well, um, well, even that third one that you, that's just all by himself, that's guarding that first switch, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. when you get close enough, you'll like, 
shuffle his feet. Like he sees you, but he's just kind of holding his ground. And it's, until you get close enough to approach that switch, and then he's like, "All right, you know, yeah. act up." Yeah, yeah, he he, he's, he's at work. Go easy on him. <laughs> <laughs> So when you say that, all I think of is like a work dog. Like, don't pet him; he's working. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, seeing eye giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clear the way for seeing you. Eye guardians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seeing eye old knights. Yeah. Well, some, sometimes when a hero dog is, uh, it seems like it's about to break, is when it unleashes its <laughs> greatest barks. Oh my gosh! I wish I had a seeing eye dog. They're the sweetest. Um, <laughs> I mean, while remaining sighted. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that if you if you wish that to the wishmaster or yeah. to a certain monkey's paw, yeah. Yeah. dangerous thing to say. And there's two things people have learned from this podcast, and the, the appendix comes out next week. Is one, if you come up to Cole and tell him to eat a bug, he has to do it because his Cincinnati matters demand it. And two, Cole would like you to blind him. So those two things, so that he can get, he can get a sweet lab or retriever that will be a puppy one moment, and then a working silent piece of furniture the next. Yeah, they are the best people. Yeah. Like seeing eye dogs are better people person than I've ever been yep. or ever will be. Uh, yeah, that is the, that, that is the one thing I miss about working at the Center for the Blind is the dogs. Mm-hmm. People were nice too, but um, but but yeah, uh, we should probably talk about what these switches actually do because I don't think we've explicitly stated. Yeah, well, because you can see the boss arena. Yeah, from right in the beginning, it's it's this uh, circle, and you can see the boss uh, there. But he's on this kind of middle platform, and when you hit these switches, um, concentric, larger concentric rings rise up from the ocean, mm-hmm. and uh, and make the fight a little bit easier. Um, which is a, one of these things. I think it was somebody mentioned on our Facebook page, but like. What a, what a hard to justify within the narrative <laughs> is that <laughs> like, you can go a block away and pull the switch. It's going to make this, yeah. this, this hazard a little bit less hazardous. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, just keep them switched all the time. Yeah. 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 And more floor is never a bad thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really into a hundred percent of the floor wherever I'm at. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't always work that way, but yeah, yeah. I'm into it. it's an economy of inverse value. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have to pay more to have less floor. <laughs> it's a sign of status. Yeah, it shows that you don't have to work. <laughs> you know, balance was was a uh, prized above all things and hide. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, you can see the boss from there, and you, you do these kind of switches. Um, I I went left and went to the the cathedral blue first. Yeah, before I went to the actual boss of the area. I feel like that's actually kind of like a thematic thing. I put this in the notes, but, uh, you know, the idea that at least people who came here from playing Dark Souls 1 would see, like, oh, that totally looks like the uh, cathedral from Anne Orlando. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. go there. And that it ends up being, like, you know, a nice little piece of uh, lore candy, but also a dead mm-hmm. end. And, the, like, the mm-hmm. way that you're supposed to go, like, the path actually takes you away from this thing you're familiar and comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if it's intentional, but it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll buy it. It's funny. Um, like on another thing on the Facebook, like some people have complained about the areas that just, you know, have a, a covenant, but that's always kind of been, that's mm-hmm. not that unusual. Right. You know, for souls, like there are like several, you know, there are a couple areas like, you know, at the very least like Ash Lake is essentially like a covenant house. Yeah. You sure. know, and th- um, there are a couple of parallels between this and Ash Lake actually. 
this area yeah, specifically this yeah this area specifically in ash lake i mean not not just the cathedral of blue but everything i mean accepting the fact that you know ash lake is the terminus on a uh on a very you know optional path but uh just the whole linearity of gameplay lack of stuff to do scenic beauty the fact that it hides a covenant you know like mm-hmm. like it, it is kind of the ash lake of this of this game i feel like mm-hmm. yeah but uh, that's a meaningless assertion and just my opinion and a way for me to justify saying, again, like with Ash Lake, I really love what this says about the lore and I love looking at this place, even if the gameplay is not entirely satisfying to me. There's just not that much to it. Like, yeah, I actually yeah. like it. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. there's a little. Um, so, yeah, do we want to – so let's go – let's do uh, Cathedral Blue for now yeah. since that's kind of, cool. you know, the, the path we took. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple more fights. You get to the, the night you have to actually – you know, the one where if you want to continue, you have to kill him, mm-hmm. the, the more meaningful switch, which, like, I – again, I was killing everybody, but I read a lot of people online who had a problem with that, and they just had mm-hmm. no idea how to get the drawbridge down. Is, is there precedence for that? Precedent for what? Uh, for, for having to – for having to kill an enemy to make the uh, to make the way forward or to make some kind of item or switch uh, appear. Um, the closest thing I can think of is the snakes at the bottom of the uh, of the prison tower in Dukes, but even that. Yeah, they're just guarding it. You can run yeah. past those guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, I, I kind of recognize several features that they added in simply that it seems like they only added them to make it harder for speedrunners <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> it's easy to say that because we run into those problems but you know the idea that you can get hit while entering a fog gate mm-hmm. you have to kill this enemy in order to proceed to this boss you know things like that but I, i'm sure they just wanted i don't know <laughs> who knows yeah, I've, I've thought about that too, but it's also I love the the fact that <clears throat> the their kind of methods and strategies for getting around them like more or less instantly. Like I knew about the fog gate thing when I was looking at the very limited pre release stuff that I did, um, but it hasn't seemed to slow anybody down really. You just kind of have to kite somebody, yeah, yeah. for a second, and you you get in. But the the lever thing has tripped me up more, um, and that seems like a real typical Souls thing of punishing impatience. Like when I get sick of it, I'm just like I'm just going to run to this lever in in the Iron Keep. And then get sure. you know knock off the bridge with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Yep. But but um, uh, hitting that switch actually gets you up this uh, thing that is reminiscent of the flight of stairs leading to the you know to the uh, cathedral in Anor Orlando, um, and also off to the left here is the item that makes this kind of a kind of it's advisable to come here first because you can get the ring of binding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. demon souls, you know, ring and and yeah. similar to demon souls, you get that item so quickly. Yeah. You know? Um, and then also there's a couple, um, I think this, you also find a divine blessing over here, I believe. You get, you get five human effigies. Oh, okay. Uh, that, and I think you get a radiant life gem. Or you're right. That's what that, yeah. that's a, what's next to the chest. You do get a divine blessing somewhere else though. And a Lloyd's talisman. I know that because I remember right. thinking it was weird that they were here. Right. Um, and it kind of supporting some of the, the Anor Londoisms. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Have you guys ever used a divine blessing? <laughs> I have uh, uh, simply for poison heal, okay. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just a little bizarre. I've I, I, I get them, and by the way that they are placed, I imagine that they are uh, that they are very rare and valuable. But I, I don't think I've ever used one. Right. So it's it's the I... kind of thing that you keep around because it's a full heal, and it's you know <laughs> no matter how much health you have, but then you end up never using it, and you have like ten at the end of the game, and you're like, well, 
They're nice <laughs> looking. I don't... With with the uh, all the dragons charms and monastery charms. Yeah. That you have. Like the, I just I never end up using those things either. Yeah. Um, you'll roll water occasionally because of the spell mm-hmm. refills, but you know. yeah. Um, yeah, but you go through this fog gate, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the uh, it's the the old dragon slayer. Yeah. Um, which is like a really shocking moment that I'm really glad it wasn't spoiled for me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Did Were you able to go into this fresh, Mike? I did go into it fresh, uh, I believe. Um, I did have some guidance to get there, but it was not hinted at all that it was what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool, there's another boss fight. They are just like, you missed a boss, you might want to go over here. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, granted, it was later in the game. I passed him up initially, and... Um, People had just mentioned it, and I went back and checked it out, and I was like, I, was, I had the same surprise moment, so I was very mm-hmm. pleased to see our old friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a good, and there's no, um, there's so much about this boss fight, and this is something I'm going to keep harping on in the, the series, is boss fights in Dark Souls 2 that you know don't exist in a, a vacuum to other things in the game or to Dark Souls 1, I think are set up specifically in comparison, and like, this compare when you compare it to the the Ornstein and Smo fight, um, regardless of whether you buy the, if this is actually Ornstein or an imposter or what have you, mm-hmm. um, I think is really intentional. So like taking something that is the hardest, I think the hardest boss fight probably in Dark Souls One, sure, um, you know, and like a lot of people's most memorable fight, and then saying you know what if you didn't have Smo there, this is such a cakewalk. And yeah. this is a diminished version of the same person, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like this is he, this is him without that, and he he is less than. And that's yeah. I think what you're kind of supposed to take from it, right? You know. And again, playing back into the tragedy and you know dignity, but also pity, right? I mean, this is a pathetic version of this thing that used to strike fear into you. Right. Yeah, right. And you and you can fight him for right out of the gate. He yeah. can be the first boss for you. Yeah. You know. Um, it yeah, definitely. It definitely fits the the theme of the area being everything being dilapidated and kind of, you know, old and run down. And then you meet this dragon slayer that used to be so epic and powerful. And now he's just kind of like, you know, your typical melee boss with a little bit extra abilities. You knew this used to be great and it's sad (laughs) comparing what it is now. Right. It's even sad from a visual standpoint because he looks like a washed out version of Ornstein, Mm -hmm. like a tarnished, like the armor is tarnished. Yeah. And, you know, and the magic has changed. So instead of using lightning, which has traditionally been associated with the sun and and uh, slain dragons and stuff. Now he's got this dark nonsense. Yeah. He's just, you know, doing dark butt stomps. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so it it is a diminished, it exists in comparison to regular Ornstein. So, like, a lot of people have said, like, oh, the bosses in this game are too easy. And they are, like, fairly easy. But I feel like most of them that are easy are easy because they're set up to contrast with something. Mm-hmm. You sure. know? Sure. So, and I think that's true of the next boss we're going to talk about, too. Right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're fighting him in a church, um, which is, like, tactically is, you know, really important before you kind of get this guy down. Because you can, you know, he has to destroy any pews between you and him. Mm-hmm. So if you need a place to heal and if, you know, you can sometimes bait him into doing lower range attacks rather than dashing across the room that way. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with pillars and everything. But he's really not too too tough if you, you have a decent shield and can kind of circle around him. I can't decide if Ornstein or, you know, the person who Ornstein's soul is possessing has sworn a vendetta against dragons or pillars. 
<laughs> because that kind of seems player. to be his thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're definitely very anti-pillar. Yeah. Even in the other game, yeah. Well, he ran out of pillars. And, and <laughs> yeah. Lord had to, he had to go to the other side of the world to seek, <laughs> to seek the pillar remnants. I'm trying to think of other areas that are really rich in pillars that he might uh, might enjoy, and there aren't that many. Forest of Fallen Giants, couple, but, but the, you know the yeah. Turtle Knights have uh, have a corner on that market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Turtle Turtle Knight Pillar Tur- traps and snakes versus turtles and pillars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the best fanfic ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah. Um so do you guys think this is Ornstein? Cuz he cuz he shares the move set, right? Like like his moves, you know, accepting the, you know, the fact that this arena is much smaller and he has kind of less less, you know, reason to close ground. His move set is pretty similar, right? Sure. It I it's been brought up to me. I I haven't really analyzed it um, you know, closely from from what I my perspective, but the idea has been brought to me that um, you know, Ornstein in Dark Souls One was a you know a phantom, a, a yeah. false version of mm-hmm. him, uh, an illusion. Uh, and then this one is the actual version of Ornstein that who now is very aged and kind of old and past his prime. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and that that's been. I mean, that's pretty much that's my take. Like, in, in as far as evidence for you know, we have the move set. Um, we have uh, you know the you get the old Leo ring from him. Yeah. Um, you get the his spear turns into the dragon slayer, or his soul turns into the dragon slayer spear. Yeah, which um, is not know. dark this time. It's you know it purifies. Right. Right. All right. Um, and then the you know the case against would be the dark magic and the fact that it looks different and that you know mm-hmm. this is a different different place. But one of the things I like about the the Ornstein we fight in Dark Souls One not being the real Ornstein is that it ties so well into the theming of Anne Orlando in that the illusion is better than the real thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, that Ornstein being this tough monster and this being the real Ornstein, who's kind of a piece of shit, like, is really thematically <laughs> sound. Yeah, sure. You know? yeah. Like, like the illusion is a better thing, you know? And yeah. that's, if there's not a, you know, a better thesis statement for Anne Orlando, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, know? The, you know, it's Oz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe, so... Maybe, Maybe Ornstein was never great. Like, maybe he was always kind of crappy, you know? <laughs> um, and that explains why he's fighting along with Smo, which, like, you know, in, in all the, the conjecture and stuff that we have from Dark Souls 1, he w- he, oh, he wouldn't associate with Smo. Mm-hmm. Like, Smo is, right. you know, kind of a piece of garbage. Yeah. And uh, all the conjecture then was like, oh, maybe he just respects him as a warrior, but doesn't like him as a person and stuff. Yeah. And isn't it, you know, doesn't it make almost as much sense that, like, Guinevere is just kind of, uh, you know, or uh, Gwendolyn, sorry. Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn is just kind of like, here's two tough tough-looking dudes let's yeah. throw them in front of uh yeah. or engaging um, in some kind of like hagiography hey, which is like here are these legendary knights you know as part of this you know illusion you know let's let, let's just really build it up right yeah 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 and uh i mean so, so something that we haven't addressed is this ornstein is the old dragon slayer abyss corrupted like artorias yeah 
Mm. I mean, that like the, that that seems as likely as anything, which is, you know, as they are attempting to escape or Ornstein comes to follow Guinevere, you know, from Lordran, which, you know, is in pretty dire straits after the ending of the first game. Um, you know, is he tainted by that or did he turn to it as, uh, you know, like, you know, just like with his buddy Havel in order to uh, better fight the, you know, the, the, the new dragons, which are, you know, associated with the gods, right? Mm. With the dark yeah. magic. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we didn't talk about kind of the biggest part about um, Hyde's Tower of Flame that um, is the, the it's not, the whole area is not Lordran, is the idea mm. that this is where uh, Guinevere went. Yeah. Because we know that she went with Flan, the god of flame, mm-hmm. um, somewhere. And uh, this is the Tower of Flame, and it has right. Anorlandonian, yeah. an- Anorlandic architecture, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that can be how cultures work. Like when yeah. there have been marriages of convenience, you know, uh, historically that has happened. Yeah. Where like an, an area, if if two areas kind of merge in that way, um, the architecture can follow like traces of it. They're not exactly case sure. in point. Yeah. You know, uh, Istanbul, <laughs> right? <laughs> or case yeah. in point, like anything in Greece, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, All right? Um, and there's even evidence in this very game of you know princesses from far off kingdoms coming and you know taking stuff over and bending it to their whim, right? Right. Mm. Or royalty from far off kingdoms coming in, you know, coupled with the fact that, you know, this is an area that has been conquered over and over again and built over, over and over again. It's totally a thing that she could have Cleopatra this and, Mm -hmm. you know, completely Grecoized Egypt. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I think Um, that's where I fall on this is that, you know, she wanted to make this look like home. Yeah. Me, me too, especially, um, you know, considering kind of everything else that goes with it. And we'll we'll piece together that stuff as it comes up more um, in here. But that's, I mean, that's also what, what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, you beat him and uh, you get through, uh, you get through and you're introduced to the first or second covenant, third covenant we run into in the game. Um, the Blue Sentinels. Third. Way of um, Blue. The, and the uh, Covenant of Champions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Covenant yeah. of Champions. Yeah. I always forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Blue Sentinels, headed by uh, Blue Sentinel Targray, uh, which is one syllable off <laughs> from the... good gin. <laughs> <laughs> one syllable off from the way that insufferable people pronounce targets. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he'd be the red sentinel then. <laughs> Duh. I'll allow <laughs> it, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I would have done okay. the same. Yeah. But uh yeah, this is uh th- th- this is lawful good if I ever saw it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do the l- alignment correspondence chart mm-hmm. um, with him. I didn't figure him out for a long time because he just wouldn't talk to me and I didn't know why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's just kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you have no place here. Um, transient you, being you vagrant yeah you scalawag carpetbagger yeah. interloper <laughs> um but he's actually pretty useful for a couple things so like the covenant um the way this works is that uh if you're in this covenant and somebody is in the you know blue junior covenant from majula <laughs> and they get invaded by a red phantom you can get summoned in to protect them from the uh, the red phantom and you're kind of to be an escort for them, and in addition, there's also a dueling element. So it is an explicitly PvP arena-based covenant as well. 
because uh, you gain access to that basement area. Um, have you ever done anything with this, Mike? Either, I guess. Um, either guys. I've witnessed arena matches. Uh, I have actually not gotten into Covenant myself. I typically play offline, um, both for the purpose of speedrunning, but also because my PSN has connectivity issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I just have to kind of deal with offline. And I, I haven't been able to delve into online stuff as much as I'd like. Yeah, cool. Did, have you have you done anything with these guys? No, no, I haven't. I consider doing it with my character I'm doing for the show, but I think I want to do the uh, the Sunbros for it. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit disheartened that this is kind of turning out to be a Gravelord situation. Um, by anecdotal evidence, in that uh, somehow network stuff is getting in the way of it being really truly effective. I don't. I don't know if it's network stuff or if it's just like level ranges and not enough people. Like people joining this covenant and not wearing their rings. Yeah. People abandoning the first covenant. I've kind of heard both. Um, I would love for it to be something that got fixed because it's such a cool idea. Yeah. Sure. You know. Um, I plan on when we do our PvP episode before we do that. I'm planning on kind of dipping into each covenant. Yeah. Um, I've done a little bit of this stuff for my playthroughs I've done now, but I haven't done this one very much. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, he's also super useful if you are doing a faith build because he sells bolt stones. Mm. Um, mm. So you can imbue stuff with those if you want to scale with lightning with faith. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's not too much else to say about that. Like The way to fix this covenant would be to make it so that there is a chance that if somebody... If somebody who is sufficiently higher level than uh, than somebody else, which again is outside the parameters of you know Red Phantom uh, invading, um, you know invaded somebody, that you would just be called like there would you know there would be a chance of it, but that mm-hmm. would further disincentivize any kind of like you know Red Phantom ganking, which you know might not be the best thing to do given how much tougher they made it, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, it would basically make intentional PvP something that really, really had the odds stacked against it. Mm. Yeah. Well, they, but they also put those areas for intentional PvP in the game. So, like, if if you want to just do organized PvP, they've made it way easier than the first one with the with these guys and with the uh, the Blood Bros. Yeah. You know, and the Bell Keepers. Um, yeah. You know, where you can just you can just go somewhere and just get PvP instantly if you want it. Yeah. Um. So I I don't have any problem with them necessarily changing the way that environmental invading works mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not totally sure yeah so. um additionally this is the uh the sen- the uh um covenant that um covers the notion of killing people who have sin so when you use those cracked blue eye orbs from before um it takes you just like when you were in the uh the dark moon blades into the world of somebody who does have sin in order to uh to exact revenge on them which actually seems like the more useful way to go about this than just going around and invading uh people who were invaded you know yeah yeah i've definitely uh had one person one or two people mention to me that uh, they had apparently sinned, but they had no idea why. So <laughs> if there's something in the game that's just not obvious that you're, you know, uh, acting as a sin, then it should be easy to find people who have sinned and invade them. <laughs> it's just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I'm, I'm constantly doing things that are probably considered a sin. <laughs> um, without accent. I had, I had no less than 10 cheese curds today, fellas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So, so I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> wearing mixed fabric like a chump <laughs> yeah exactly eating meat on Fridays um, but um, so we go, if you go back to the main path there's not too much to it to get to the boss 
Um, there's just like one other guardian who kind of acts in that guardian stance, um, kind of in front of the gate. You had to bait him out a little bit um, to get to the actual, the second boss that we're going to cover, which is the Dragon Rider. Uh, so these guys are Knights of King Vendrick, yep. and they used to ride worms, which would be cool, and in the art book it shows them riding worms. <laughs> and I was really hoping that we'd run into one that does it, um, but but not uh, not the case. Um, and if they if they weren't uh, good enough to, to, you know, if they couldn't hack it, they were killed by the worms they were to, to ride, yeah. which is super cool. Nice. So, so he's not so much a dragon rider as a dragon rider of Pern, where he just kind of like, <laughs> you know, wheels around in a kingdom and reinforces antiquated gender roles. <laughs> yeah. I just name him something else. Like, name him like the dragoon or something. Because, like, he rolls around with a halberd. That's perfectly fine. Don't call him a dragon rider, please. It's just a tease. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! But um, there's there, there's something else on the lore about these guys, which is pretty interesting, which I didn't know until tonight when I did a closer reading. If you look at the description of the Dragon Rider Great Shield item, um, apparently Vendrick wasn't always the king of this place. He used the Dragon Riders, and the Dragon Riders were the were the contingent of knights that came with him to conquer what was here, mm. and then set up you know Dranglick on you know over the graves of these other civilizations. Mm. So you know Vendrick himself. Uh, as an invader, if that if that item description is to be believed, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that, that definitely makes sense, and and that's you know something we're going to see all the time about this uh, kingdoms on top of kingdoms on top of kingdoms. Like the uh, so the kingdom before this did not necessarily just crumble; it was taken by force. Yeah, right. You know? Because Vendrick fucking up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, but this is this is a good um, this is a, is the alternate first boss in the same way. Like I think Pinwheel is meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, or Moonlight right. Butterfly, where like this is super easy. Yeah. Right. There's uh there's an, there's an exploit for this. Uh, uh, Mike, do you want to do want to outline what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, if if you uh, know the timing, which is actually six six of his steps, and you sprint past him, right? You just wait at the fog gate, wait for him to take six steps, and then take a, a sharp turn around him to the right. He will always start with a plunging attack forward and just charge himself right off the platform and uh, <laughs> makes yeah. quick work of himself. <laughs> it, it's, I've done a playthrough, like a couple of things where I just wanted to see something real quick and, and, you know, wanted to see it. Like I wanted to fight the, um, the, the drag, you know, the, uh, uh, last giant for, for the show without doing a whole playthrough of the game. Sure. And you can run right here and do that exploit and then, and cash in his soul and just end up with like 18,000 souls <laughs> as like yeah. a bonus starting, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And if you're even, uh, <laughs> more inclined for to get more souls you can gather a few bonfire aesthetics and then just keep resetting them oh, and do it over and over and over <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he never he never gets smarter about it um, we should mention that you can't uh, pull those levers if you want to try that trick right, right. So, that's, uh, yeah that's yeah. with all the levers down yeah uh, yeah are not pulled um <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough though i i had a one percent hope chance um lingering <laughs> that when i did this trick he would uh, reappear on atop a dragon, and then it would be a whole new fight. Because <laughs> oh, that would totally be Dark Souls, just going, oh, you want to cheese this? Okay, here's a dragon. Yeah, yeah and, and the area right above him, which is also like a boss arena. Yeah. Right. Like he just kind of comes <laughs> off of, out of the sea. That, uh, it's all of a sudden, 
Poor Lysia. <laughs> <laughs> now you don't get miracles. <laughs> I know. You knew you were a scoundrel from the start. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so it really, this is just one of those bosses where it's circle to the right and then stab them butt. Yeah, he, he really could have benefited, like, the way that they upped the difficulty for some of the bosses in New Game Plus. Like, I was really hoping for a surprise from this guy. Like, what if every level of bonfire intensity, intensity there was another one? Mm, right. You know? Yeah. Or something like that. Like, I, I just thought that would be really neat, but uh, yeah. he remains a, a pushover from the very start. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, he's definitely one of those bosses I was, you know, very anxious when I first stepped through that fog gate, and I was like, ooh, Dragon Rider, he's got a big halberd. And just promptly dealt with him and was, well, that was it. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not much to him. There we go, I guess. Sure. So, yeah. so the lesson yeah. about this guy seems to be you know, twofold, which is stamina management or learning how to roll through his stuff. So if somebody was new to this whole experience, like knowing that you are able to use those in- invincibility frames to your advantage. Right. Um, and if not, you know, trying to leave enough to roll away. Um, and that's kind of signposted by the fact that there's a green moss outside of his arena. Hmm. Um, and yeah, just like right outside. And, um, also the notion that, you know, this is something that pops up every once in a while, which is you can affect the boss arena, um, oftentimes to your advantage or in the case of the exploit, uh, to your disadvantage. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And, and that happens a couple of times in this game, you know, specifically, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And also probably to just encourage you to explore the level. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not necessarily and explicitly uh, uh, affecting the boss arena, the fact that you know, you'll have an easier time with the boss if you actually take in this stuff, you're also going to get other rewards, mm-hmm. um, right. which is maybe what's kind of trying to convey. Yeah. Um, he's got a very versatile soul, <laughs> uh, which makes sense since you get multiple of them. But you can turn this into a lot of items, none of which I have any experience with. Uh, <laughs> Halberd, a twin blade, a great bow, and a great shield. Yeah. I do have Even experience though- with the bow. I, I'm doing a bow-only playthrough right now, and um, it's kind of a larger bow, so it's very slow, but the base damage is considerably better than your short bow, long bow, mm. um, and I think it has a C strength, C dex scaling, so um, it's it's pretty good, but and unless you're really putting a lot of, you know, unless you're upgrading it a lot, it's kind of not worth it because of how slow it shoots. Mm. You'll get much better out of a shorter longbow that just can keep firing right after each other. Yeah. Is it a great bow? Does it have like the knockback, like the uh, the dragon slayer? So it's not it's not a full great bow. It's like it's like halfway there. <laughs> they mean it. They just mean it as an adjective, like great value, exactly. or great America. You don't use <laughs> you know any sort of great arrows with it or anything. It's just standard arrows, and mm. it doesn't really have. It probably has more of a poise break, but. Um, it's not something that you're just going to stunlock people with. But listen, Dragon Riders, if we don't convey that we believe in the product, our customers never will. <laughs> we need to come up with a name that tells exactly how good this thing is. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it before, but it's kind of uh, foreshadowing that you can get the uh, the Twin Blade and the Great Bow mm-hmm. um, from the same soul. Because later, when you fight the uh, the one with the Great Bow and the... Ah, uh... uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of plays into the lore, too, you know, the idea that these knights are so great that their souls are, you know, worth trading for, right? Or can be, you know, turned into something else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, I will mention one thing back on the difficulty of it, that 
Uh, I started a run the other day as a bandit who starts with three adaptability, I believe, mm. which is uh. quite, a, quite a bit less than, than you, uh, the rest of the classes. Uh, and when I got to Dragon Rider, his attacks were considerably harder to dodge. <laughs> um, so it was a little, I was confused at first, and then I had to really examine my stats. And I, I, I'm convinced that's the problem, not me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. Like, I had the, a similar, I started as um, a warrior who doesn't have three, but he has pretty low. Mm-hmm. I think it might be four or five. And, uh, and was having the, the, why can't I dodge things anymore? Right. Uh, experience and then that went away once i got to like 10 and then just yeah. got better you know as i moved it up so i like that stat a lot definitely uh, yeah i'd be curious uh, to see what the actual like if somebody's doing like frame counting and stuff what the what the canonical version of adaptability is to actually yeah. make something that is like worthwhile so like if there was a sure. universal target for that stat pc yeah. version dog like people, people will do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. the PC version brings with it, like the tearing apart the code and and all of that stuff. Always. So even yeah. if I don't get the PC version immediately, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we go upstairs um, to the uh, you know a bonfire, and uh, one of my favorite PCs and NPCs in the game, um, Lysia Lindelt, who I think is really really funny. Yeah. Um, is the like she is she is like a tv preacher almost yeah. um, about miracles yeah <laughs> and she's so bad at hiding the fact <laughs> that she is trying to fleece people it's yeah. so great <laughs> oh, what is it? i must go to a place where i can gull the <laughs> where i can uh, herb, uh so help the gullible by teaching them the good word <laughs> like you straight up didn't change your story dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then all the stuff with like the all the language of like, isn't it amazing that these things from the gods are in our own hands right now? Don't you want to be a part of that? <laughs> and then if you leave without buying anything, she's like, uh, the gods is like someone who's stingy, yeah, or something like that. The gods frown upon <laughs> frown upon such soul scrimpers. Yeah, soul scrimpers. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that there are soul scrimpers ends like a lends a level of mundanity. To right. this economy based on the literal souls of things yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is really incongruous. You're not willing to drop a few souls for some <laughs> wonderful miracles. Well, you know him. He's feeding soul wise, but hero soul poor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, I just love the idea of like everybody comes here thinking souls are going to be able to break their hollow curse, right? And right. what they end up doing is, you know, the, the, the thing that they feel they are blessed at. Right or the thing mm-hmm. that the, the the thing that will get them the souls that they need. So you have uh, what's his name in Majula, you know, who was displaced <laughs> after everybody ran him out of his village. So he's selling stuff there. You have uh, you have Gavlin doing the uh, doing the wheeling and dealing, and you have her just like being a straight up like huckster, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to get souls as much as possible, got to get them souls. <laughs> it's all about that. Make it rain. Yeah. So, yeah. She and weirdly. Um, she is the law truck of this game. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like, I w- would not have guessed that, but she is the uh, she is explicitly a bad person. She never murders anybody mm-hmm. or anything. Right. But later, um, and we'll we'll probably talk about the actual fight a little bit later. But yeah. she uh, she is somebody who you can you can kill um, through a through a in game kind of quest thing. Yep. You know, oddly enough, my first encounter with her, I talked to her, I checked her store, I went okay, and then I immediately tried to kill her, and it turned out she was. <laughs> 
like a level, you know, 800 boss, whatever. Yeah. It's just insta-giving yeah. me with all these miracles. And I was like, well, we're not going to fight her anymore. She's, she's so tough. Like, I think, I think in both the Souls games, I think she might be the toughest NPC character hmm. that you run into. Like, she's really, really hard to beat. Yeah. Um, you know, previously, I... You know, oh, sorry. Or, or go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it reminds me of the your first encounter with the red-eyed knight in Demon's Souls in 1-1, and you're like, this guy is so hard, but, you know, I've heard this is a hard game, so I'm going to take him down. You get him to, like, half health, and he just kind of, you know, instantly heals the full, and you're like, what? Yeah. Same with Lysia. Once you get her below, like, 60% health, she just starts spamming heal. I'm like, I'm just going to heal. And especially if you go to her right away, you don't have the stamina to, to can you know or stamina to completely interrupt that over and over again yeah yeah you know? so eventually you're going to get exhausted and she's going to get a heal off and then you're back <laughs> at square one pretty much yeah um and, yeah and the game disincentivizes you from killing her right away because you know of what she does when she sets up shop at majula mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep 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 hmm. um yeah and we'll talk about that when we go to that area but that's another yeah. one of my favorite character beats mm-hmm. um <laughs> for her but yeah she she is hilarious um yeah, and and it's also you know it's a pretty early access to a miracle vendor. I think that it's also kind of lends credence to the fact that they were making a studied effort to make miracles viable mm-hmm. in this, as opposed to uh, you know sorceries, which were clearly much more powerful in Dark Souls One Definitely. by putting this character much closer. Sure. You know? yeah. And and making her more obvious, you have to pass right by her. Whereas the uh, sorcerer vendor, I did not actually find my first playthrough through the game. Hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and I think is is a little bit better hidden. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny that they're both on the same spoke too. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. And, and, and like the other thing about like that, just that I'm noticing with my with my knight that I you know that I've got. Like, if you're not starting as a as a, as a cleric, you really have a long road to hoe in terms of being able to actually use, uh, you know, miracles in this game. Sure. Like maybe being a sorcerer puts you a little bit closer to it. It does. Uh, w- like with your attunement. Oh no! Like oh, so with you're, the treatment, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it's, but like in, in in any case, only the cleric gets you enough to you know enough attunement and faith to even be able to use the most basic of spells or right. miracles yeah. rather. Right. So, and uh, miracles are, as you said, they were trying to make them more useful. They actually are used in a number of uh, speed runs now <laughs> hmm. as legitimate high damage spells. So they certainly have worth. Yeah, they're great. You know, they're, they're just. Uh, I think the way they tried to balance. Miracles and sorceries were to make miracles high power but low cast, mm-hmm. um, but you end up having enough cast through it. And then, mir- you know, sorceries are like, oh, I can shoot sixty soul arrows, you know, but they just don't do very much. Yeah, right. It's like a machine gun kind of thing. I mean, it's almost like they've got uh, sorcery balance for PVE, but uh, you know, uh, miracles balance for PvP because PvP yeah. is more is more bound to be you know short burst kind of things right. somewhat even though like later sorceries definitely do enough damage for it and hexes i mean are yeah. viable for both yeah. like hexes are great <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um as the, the most powerful i've been in this game is, is with my hex guy so definitely. Yeah. yeah um yeah so you go uh downstairs um to this area to this uh kind of i feel like it's probably the most unfinished area in the game or the most yeah. feeling like shallow area which is this flooded uh kind of church basement <laughs> uh, kind of thing which is literally full of dead ends and doors that don't open yep yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this area sucks and i like, i just i don't like it i'm just like uh well, it's yeah it's two mm-hmm. identical versions except one of them has some water 
<laughs> so, yeah. So you like go into much, one, yeah. and then it's like, oh boy, an elevator. It looks kind of like going down to uh, to New Londo. Boop, 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 boop. Nope. Okay. I'm <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, you 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 traverse so much distance too. Yeah. To where like you know you go like a mile beneath the earth, and it's the same thing but slightly flooded. Yeah. It's right. so, so weird. Space is so spacey wazy. Um, but yeah. they, I mean, I guess if there is a concept of this area, it's just that moving around is hard. Like when you're fighting, you fight the knights and then you fight them in, you know, knee deep water, which kind of preps you a little bit for the next boss. Um, sure. You know, so I think that's maybe the idea if there is an idea behind it. Um, right. But the, uh, yeah, it's pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, getting past the first group of knights in there, you head down the stairs if you turn left, there's a knight there, and then there's like a like a nook in the wall, and I was like, oh, there's got to be like a hidden door here or something. But it's just kind of like it's just carved out in the wall, and it, it does it's absolutely nothing. And then there's like a couple of those later, and I was like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one that has a couple souls in it. I was like, okay, some people died here for some reason. I don't know sure. why, but maybe it'll make sense. I'm gonna find another one of these, and there's gonna be like a mimic in it or a trap or something <laughs> like that. And it's, but no, the next one's just empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were looking for invisible walls also. Yeah, they starved to death looking for invisible <laughs> walls. Yeah. I'm just going to hump this wall until I can't uh, can hump no wall longer. Yeah. I, I, they called me a hero. <laughs> or, or a great soldier. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah th- this area is, is probably my least favorite kind of section of the game. Yeah. It's not huge, but it's, it's a bummer. I sure. mean, like, the, like the, there is something interesting about it, which is, you know, you've got this blasted hole in the wall that, you know, connects you between two very disparate areas, you know, someplace mm-hmm. that was, you know, at least one time very sacred. And then, you know, the, the area we're going to be talking about next episode, which is, you know, basically like a slave trade route. Yeah, Treasure Island. Yeah. 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 Like a pirate's life for me. The, or the island they sent people to in Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. That terrifying thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the um, yeah, and that's kind of Hyde Tower of Flame and, and the Blue Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think we kind of covered the um, you know, is this uh, Anne Orlando thing? At least our take on it. Yeah, I'm sure that's not monolithic among people who listen. You know, I'm sure people sure. have very other takes on it, very dissimilar takes takes on it. Um, one thing that we want to do though, um, kind of make doing each episode, um, is kind of do a meanwhile in Majula thing because as that area evolves, we gain yeah. access <laughs> to new new things and new NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what has changed in Majula since since we were last there? Well, Kale has uh, set up shop in the mansion. So long as he got all those skeletons out of there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That mansion is very interesting to yep. me. Like I feel like that is super lore significant. Um, you know, and we can talk about it now, even if we don't tie all the strings uh, to it. So it, it is a place for there's a huge library um, that has that huge book, like that giant size book. Yeah, yeah. In it. Um, which I don't know exactly who what that is. I have like an idea about it, but the most important thing is you go down to that basement, um, you get your soul vessel, um, but you also find the Lord vessel <laughs> broken in pieces. Yeah, mm. um, that that is huge. That is, mm. that is a big deal, and I've I've seen it theorized like maybe that's why you can warp between bonfires all the time now. Like mm. that power has been released into the world, which supports yeah. my this is not Lordran theory, and like that's why there are all these parallels, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually, nev- I, I never recognized it as a broken Lord vessel. Is it uh, near where you pick up the soul vessel, or? Yeah, it's kind of strewn. I wouldn't have recognized it on my own. I, I can't take credit for that. I just somebody oh, okay. pointed out a line and put them next to each other. But it's definitely huh. the same thing. Wow. Um, it's kind of strewn outside that little uh, room down there. Interesting. Yeah, it's the exact same patterns and everything. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, I'll have to look at these screenshots. Uh, make sure, like, if you can put a link in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um. 
to uh, you know to some kind of comparison because I just thought it was like a gigantic cairn, you mm. know, or some kind of like brazier or whatever. Just you know that like because that area like in in the basement is all rubble, right? Like right. it is it is like breaching into some kind of some kind of other ruin. So I just kind of figured it to be the wreckage until I heard this and went yeah. down and took a look at it. So yeah, it, it's the same. It's the patterning that's the same. So yeah. it's it's yeah. literally got the same engravings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're they're like it will be easy to pull up an image of them next to each other. Yeah. So, yeah, and so you know, I'm thinking that somebody you know who is here who is studying some kind of scholar, maybe a scholar that we, you know, <laughs> learn about later in the game, um, you know, who maybe got a hold of this thing that maybe yeah. took it from somewhere, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> fucked it up and it blew up and <laughs> kind of caused shit to to go down. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep that secret for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just uh, there's lots of maybes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you also can talk to. Sorry, my cat is really flipping out. <laughs> near that, um, uh, Kale is kind of interesting too. At this point, we talked about him a little bit last time, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit about that map. But uh, he, uh, like the idea of him, kind of like thinking these fires, uh, you know, are restoring his sanity, is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say the first time I went into that mansion, gained access to it, and saw the skeleton, <laughs> I was. I was convinced that it was the new Tomb of the Giants or something, and I was <laughs> terrified. I was, I was oh. like, no, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> no, 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 not again. And sure enough, it was just a quick dead end. So yeah, yeah. that makes sense Ooh. though. Like, like if that was an alternate way into the pit or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Which is in no way the new Tomb of the Giants, but right, well, kind of, right. kind but of. Yeah, if it, if it led into the Grave of the Saints, maybe from a different angle, like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Valencia, if you exhaust her dialogue, will set up shop back here, um, which is super handy to have somebody who sells unlimited life gems right next yeah. to the bonfire. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, I didn't realize this until I was reading about her today, but uh, if you spend enough money with her, she'll give you a, uh, a silver covetous serpent ring. Yep. 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 10,000 souls, which is actually a very small investment uh, yeah. to get that because it's, uh, I believe it's the plus one version of it too. It is. Yeah. Super good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we didn't really talk about Mogan, Mogan the armor. Oh, Maulin, uh, yeah. Yeah, Maulin. We didn't talk about his arc at all last time because I didn't know about it when we mm-hmm. last recorded the episode, but I've gone back and spent money on him because I never really, you know, would buy boss armors. Like, by the time I'd have access to them, I would have, uh, you know, something I'd already put some some Titanite into. Um, but the uh, his character arc is really funny to me, too. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like, this game has a <laughs> yeah. different sense of humor than Dark Souls 1 does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to like this and Lysia, but, like, this guy just, like, at some point, he's like, I'm rich. Like, he's like, <laughs> literally just uh, kind of says the meme, like, right. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. as it, you know, and his posture changes and stuff. It's really funny. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, he starts out all humble, saying, yeah, I was chased out of the, I was chased out of my homeland by the, uh, by the Blue Sentinels. Oh, wait, the Blue Sentinels are organized crime elsewhere. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, then, and then what is it, like twenty thousand souls and he starts uh he starts opening up more of his inventory but uh yeah he becomes straight up like uh you know rockefeller yep yeah yeah yep. Mm-hmm. yeah which you know and it, it ties into the people you know these people who are who are hollowing are forgetting themselves mm-hmm. and like he just has a lot of money now so he's like i must be an asshole <laughs> like, if, if i woke up with like tons of land and you know millions of dollars in my bank account and amnesia i would probably assume that i'm an asshole <laughs> this is how people act right <laughs> yeah like this is i've seen some movies this is probably how kind of jerk i'm supposed to be <laughs> by myself um, uh, somebody who doesn't uh, become a jerk is uh Lenigrast. yeah <laughs> good segue <laughs> <laughs> that's true um 
Yeah. And he, uh, you can let him into his shop and, and unlock his inventory, which is super useful, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get more of his dialogue. Yeah. And uh, I like the way that uh, upgrading works in this, too. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, just because you don't have to, uh, like, you really only have to get access to one extra guy in an area that comes up pretty soon um, mm-hmm. in order to do elemental, um, you know, infusions. But uh, regardless, it, it only takes, you know, regular Titanite to upgrade any given thing. For right. the most part. Oh, yeah. Like a couple yeah. of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just like the like twinkling and uh, the dragon bones and stuff. But right. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And he talks about his daughter. Like he really is all about setting up shop and, you know, really putting down roots, which is, uh, which is what Majula is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also very uh, skeptical about your survival. Um, yeah. I noticed yeah. at least every time he's like, oh, you made it back? Oh, well, okay. I guess I'll sell you some stuff. Good for you. <laughs> Listen, buddy, I am your only customer. <laughs> yeah. Treat me like, like uh, Malin does. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, what's, what's, what's his name? Crestfallen. Uh, as more people come back, he starts, uh, he starts like, it's, it's a nice warm thing. He says, oh, this feels more like a home now. Yeah. He cheers up. And if you get enough people there, he uh, he gives you something. I can't remember what it is. Mm, I can look it up. Yeah, it's a it's a piece of armor or it is a ring, um, I, I believe. But uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He 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 cheers up. Um, yeah, it's kind of fr- like I get a little bit frustrated the inconsistency with which people will have new dialogue. Like, um, right. you know, sometimes I'll do something that I consider to be significant, and people will not say anything new. And then I'll do something like, oh, I killed you know this rat boss. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sweet, sweet, uh, Shalqua, uh, will, you know, or Shalqua, or however you pronounce that, right. will, uh, will automatically, you know, auto have something new to say. So, mm-hmm. and, and sell new, new merch. Yeah. Like, I, I had no idea. I knew that that had happened during my first playthrough, but I had no idea what triggered it until somebody had mentioned it at one point in my streams. And I was like, oh, well, that's so random. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Chloe when she gets back here, is the one who most explicitly up- upgrades her, uh, her inventory with your progress. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, she's the one that I end up checking back with constantly yeah. just because I'm always <laughs> hungry for Titanite. It's just so hard for me to break my Bioware tendencies, like, you know, Mass Effect or whatever. Every time you go back to home base, my inclination is to go and, you know, talk to everybody. Right. Because that's when stuff happens after you achieve things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, um, it, and it's, it fires inconsistently is the thing. So yeah. it sometimes does work. Yeah. And sometimes right. it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. So Crestfall and Salden will give you a soul vessel. Um, oh, okay. If you get oh, Mil- right. Malentia, Alicia, Carhelion, Rosabeth, and Cloan uh, to the uh, to Majula, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, valuable, um, yeah, yeah, super valuable. Um, yeah. Do we have any wrap up thoughts about this area, or just kind of like this point in the game? I guess. Mm, I don't know. I, I I feel like you know after this kind of the confusion about where to go um, gets a little bit. Uh, less murky you know just mm-hmm. because at the very least both paths end up at the best deal um so that kind of lends a little bit more focus to it and i think that you know the other two paths will op- will open up shortly and by that point people will have you know or at least i had a better sense of the structure of the game you know sure. with uh with the cops and with uh um you know the shaded woods kind of being secondary areas you know, things become just a little bit more clear after this. So I think that we're going to see a lot of the confusion die out. Sure. I, I think it was a, kind of an interesting contrast between the two areas, um, the Tower of Flame and the Forts of the Fallen Giants, in that you're 
every almost every enemy you encounter before the bosses are kind of challenging, especially early game. You know, you take a lot of damage from them. They got a beefy amount of health. And then in the Forest of Fallen Giants, they're kind of weaker enemies as you work your way to the boss. Um, but then the bosses are a little more challenging in the Forest of, Fall, of the Fallen Giants. At least Pursuer is. Um, but then when you get to the bosses of the Tower of Flame, they're kind of, you know, these um, old washed up bosses that are kind of easier to take down so uh i i've definitely known a, a person or two to start out in Hades tower of flame and just be completely you know downfallen from not being able to get through the area and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of interesting that they they do that in the between the two areas i guess yeah, yeah like they're they're so different and they're both the the two areas available to you from the start Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we talked a little bit about how like Dark Souls one, you know, you have a lot of options in the beginning, and then or you have a like fewer options in the beginning. And you have this can kind of constrained middle, and then you can tackle the end in right. any order. And this is kind of the opposite, where you have not that many options in the beginning or end, and you have this very open middle. Right. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next time uh, we, we, as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about Dead Man's Wharf, um, and we are going to be joined by uh, Riff from the Video Games Taco or Video Games Hot Dog Podcast. Yeah, I am really excited about that. I, I I really like that podcast. It is one of my favorites, and uh, he is the one of those people that I have not met yet. So uh, being able to uh, uh, cast with him and even talk about this great area is going to be a huge joy. So I encourage everybody to uh, to check back in. Yeah, that's going to be super fun. Um, if you have things to say about that, get in touch with us, and we're going to be recording that a little bit sooner mm-hmm. than we usually do because of scheduling stuff. So from when you hear this, you have, you know, get, get us your yeah, get us your responses when you hear this at yeah. uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike, where where can people find you? Um, I uh, stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday on twitch.tv slash lobosjr, Lobos Jr. Um, and I'm usually doing some sort of crazy challenge run and or speed run <laughs> um likewise on youtube lobos junior gaming so those are my two main outlets there yeah, yeah. it really could not have a higher recommendation for me like I've, I've spent hours and hours like i i really enjoy watching uh watching you play so well thank you very impressive and i just want to say again thanks for for coming on the show like it's not a, not a yeah. problem it was a pleasure uh it, the lore sides of things is not something that i typically uh dip into at least until people have constructed you know these videos and you go watch them and you're like oh, okay cool um mm-hmm. but it was very interesting uh, hearing that kind of the side of the the, the land in dark souls mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. i appreciate you guys yeah. oh thank you very much yeah thank you oh. mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, we, if you want to find us, um, you can find us at duckfeed.tv along with uh, several other shows. Mm-hmm. Cool. What other shows do we do? Well, we do Watch Out for Fireballs, which is about retro games. Uh, the episode coming up after you hear this is about Shadow of the Colossus, which uh, we are excited about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that's I, one I, of my I, favorite games of all time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it's another thing you speedrun, right? Uh, it is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's soulsy in its way, too. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, we, we, we really like that show. In addition, we also really like Abject Suffering, uh, which is our bad games show, uh, nominally. <laughs> and then whatever we want to talk about in actuality. Uh, the most recent mm-hmm. episode about uh, uh, Harley's hum- humongous adventure, we talk about the miracle of womanhood. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are on board with that. <laughs> uh, that game has an excellent soundtrack. <laughs> Just saying. 
we we've found that about a lot of games. Yes, for that show, <laughs> just like yeah. very good soundtracks that are kind of shit games. Yeah, uh, right. These right. these hired guns in the the nineties, <laughs> you know, yep. being hired by like THQ and EA and stuff. Right. Um, <clears throat> the um, yep. Uh, we also uh, Cole does a show called The Level, which is a video game rounds table, rounds table, <laughs> rounds table, round table discussion with uh, some college buddies. It's been going on for you know longer than you've been alive, and <laughs> is uh, is high quality. Um, and uh, me and Nick Glauber uh, do a show called Check It Out Comrade, which is about indie games. And we had a, a skip week because we lost the audio uh, from an episode, but we were back on schedule um, the day before this comes out. <laughs> so sorry about that. It is um, highly and, recommended. Yeah, and losing, I mean, just anybody here who records things, like losing audio from something is the, the worst. <sighs> yeah. Like, like, podcasts are fun, but they do not have, doing the same subject again is very hard as far as, like, replay value. Oh, yeah, sure. Goes. You know, it's hard to try to be spontaneous again when you've just said the same things. <laughs> so it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also do a survival horror blog called Hexcrank. Uh, the article about Uninvited just went up. I like it a lot. And um, yeah, I'm going to try and get on a more regular schedule. I commented on the level this week that uh, Dark Souls 2 blasted more of a hole in my life than I expected it to. <laughs> and I am yeah. just now recovering from the aftermath in ways that I didn't expect I would have to recover. Yeah. <laughs> Part of you was subsumed by the sea. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I guess we'll talk about them more when we get them. I, I almost wish I didn't say that because it makes sense more sense to talk about it in the body of the episode. Mm-hmm. But how we think the Hyde Knights into this oh yeah because they clearly do and they have the same name and everything and i just feel like oh <laughs> yeah that was dopey. it's a little goofy yeah we'll, huh. we'll bring that up when, when we come across them again yeah um i mean i don't know exactly how they do i was just mm-hmm. wanted to sure. up there yeah. Yeah. um yeah and if you if you want to uh, i have some music and stuff uh for sale on the duck feed store and if you want to read writings by me i write uh on the yearbook office mm-hmm. um from time to time so you can find articles for me there um, yeah, I think that's probably about good. Yeah, just about. DuckV.tv slash chip jar. Use the Amazon link. That helps us out. Yep. Huge help. And uh, ratings reviews, always helpful. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So. Hey, yeah. Great chatting with you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so until next it's, time. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. I was just say it's so funny that you bring up three games that I'm very familiar with as the uninvited and humongous <laughs> adventure and they, they, they're kind of you know they're kind of obscure games but whatever uh, yeah great minds yeah <laughs> uh, I, I watched you or i'm sorry i keep i apologize for turning off yeah. i didn't mean to no um, I, I watched was... you do the speed run of uh, and then i proceeded to do it after i said sorry <laughs> just do it i apologize I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh i watched the speed run that you did of uh shadowgate oh yeah, I, yeah. Like, it, it was huge to me like i was like i was like who's speed running yeah. shadowgate that's amazing know, right? That was one of the the first big games uh, when I was a child, and it took my brother and I maybe a month or two to play all the way through, and we wrote letters to Nintendo Power, and (laughs) we waited on that and everything. I actually have a Shadowgate tattoo and a Shadow of the Colossus tattoo. I just, yeah, those those are my kind of games. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if you guys were aware, but I'm actually in three bands that are all dedicated to playing video game music. Hmm. Um, and on live instruments, rock band style, basically. So um, that yeah, is that, a thing I do on the side. So, what are, what are the names? Can you find them online? Or are they? Uh, yes, the Returners is the one that I play with the most, probably. Nice. Um, that was, I used yeah, to be excellent in, reference. Right. <laughs> I used to be one in one called Descendants of Erdrich, and that was the uh, 
that was the starter video game band for me, and that was a reference to Dragon Warrior. But mm. we we played for about three years, and then went our separate ways and made our own projects. And so, mm. there's the Returners. There is Gimmick, um, after Gimmick, the game on NES. <laughs> um, and then Lords of Thunder, which is Lords of Thunder on the Turbo Graphics and Sega CD. And we, we were going to exclusively do covers from that because it was, it was basically just a, a metal band that did the soundtrack <laughs> for that. And it seemed perfect, but we just yeah. kind of pick and choose metal songs from here and there. It's a pretty good metal game, <laughs> or a pretty yeah. metal name, Lords yeah. of Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've heard The Descendants of Erdrich before. I feel like the um, um yeah yeah like I I think in the early days of like being able to uh, you know when I first had the internet uh, <laughs> and I think it might have been mislabeled as something by the mini bosses. Oh, that's interesting. We we very often got a a likeness to them because we all we we did very straight covers, and that's what the mini bosses <laughs> kind of created the video game music genre with, with just very straight covers of the original tracks. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I've dabbled in that myself. Like I did a, was in a band called um, the Festival Planning Committee for nice. Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> yeah. um, which was our, our video game cover band. Awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, super fun. There's no no recordings of that band, but I we played live a bunch. Cool. Very cool. So, yeah. Super cool. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know where that will end up in the episode, but until next time, what can they do? For- <laughs> uh, look up those bands. Um, <laughs> they can also. Uh, uh, what, what do we say to seek, sign off on this? Seek misery. Seek misery. And swallow you whole. Like it has so many others. Mbasa. 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 And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs> 